episode of the Fascinating Jobs Podcast is presented by Purple Carrot. Purple Carrot is the plant-based subscription meal kit that makes it easy to cook irresistible meals to fuel your body. Each week, choose from an expansive and delicious menu of dinners, lunches, breakfasts, and snacks. Every box is an opportunity to learn and experience something new with easy recipes and fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients. No shopping, no food waste. Just globally inspired, restaurant-quality, plant-based meals. Get $30 off your first box by going to purplecarrot.com and entering the code PODGO30 at checkout today. That's PODGO30 for $30 off your first Purple Carrot box. Purple Carrot, the easiest way to eat more plants and a perfect way to start conquering those New Year's resolutions as we head into 2021. Welcome back to the Fascinating Jobs Podcast and to 2021, which is bringing us our first ever episode of Season 2. I'm your host, Mackenzie Wilson. On this episode of the podcast, I'm sitting down with Shannon Marie of Makeup by Shannon Marie. She's a TV and film makeup artist and YouTuber. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen so that way we can grow our community. And with that, let's head into Season 2, kicking things off with episode number one with Shannon. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this fine episode. Today, my guest is Shannon. So thank you so much for joining me, Shannon. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. So do you want to briefly introduce yourself and what you do to our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Shannon, as you said, and I'm a freelance makeup artist in Los Angeles. I mostly do film work, but I dabble in all kinds of fun. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So how did you decide you wanted to go into makeup? Yeah, I actually, I kind of fell into it. I took a gap year after high school and I had never really worn makeup in high school. It was definitely not my thing. And then I decided that since I had graduated high school and become a quote adult, (laughs) that I should learn how to do my own makeup and uh, figure it out for the professional world. And I just started playing around with different looks and I, I fell in love with it. And I distinctly remember my sister saying like, oh, okay, are you going to be a makeup artist now? And something just clicked. I I had never even thought of becoming a makeup artist. It was not even a career that I even knew existed. And um, I'd never even met a makeup artist. I didn't even think it was, it was an option, but I was like, wait a minute. Okay. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. (laughs) So let's go ahead and turn it into a career. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That does sound really cool. So once you kind of decided that you wanted to become a makeup artist, where did you go from there? Yeah, so first I went to aesthetic school to learn like the foundations of skincare. Um, Once I graduated from aesthetic school, I started doing retail and then freelancing on the side, whatever I could get my hands on. Um, And the first time I was freelancing on a set, it was for a music video. And typically our days are are long days on on set. And so it was like a 12 hour day. It was an overnight shoot and we wrapped at like 3.30 in the morning. And I just remember being like, so pumped and excited and that's when I decided I was like okay (laughs) I love makeup but I specifically want to do it for movies and so then I went to makeup for tv and film school um and it all kind of grew from there wow yeah that does sound really cool so yeah you just to kind of like wrap up what you said you said that you went to the aesthetic school and then you did the makeup for tv and film school Yeah. yeah that sounds super cool so what's kind of like the main difference between the two types of education yeah so really aesthetic school gave me a really good foundation um, to understand 
what products work for skin, but you also learn in aesthetic school how to do waxing and facials, chemical peels, um, and I just was not interested in at that in that at all. I like knew I wanted to be a makeup artist, and so like the couple weeks we had on makeup training, I was like, yes, like <laughs> color, let's put it on people's faces, and so that was the most exciting thing. I'll, I'm glad I got the education, but I have not waxed a single person since I graduated school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I'm um, just kind of like transitioning into what you do now. So how do you find movies or TV shows to actually do the makeup for? Yeah, so one really cool thing about working in film is that you constantly are working with different people on every single gig. So you can network and kind of meet people that way. You never know what person or what job is going to give you the next. So in the beginning, I spent a lot of time you know, building up my portfolio, working on projects, um, meeting photographers and producers, and really just building up my network, um, working, you know, for low pay or no pay. And then once I kind of established my portfolio to what it needed to be, then I was able to kind of build and grow. But it's crazy. Even I got a call like last month from a girl I worked with four years ago. So you never know like what, you know, job is going to bring you more work as far as that goes, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's super, like, you bring up a good point to kind of, like, build a portfolio so people can kind of see what you've done. And I mean, even in starting this podcast, like, contacting people to be on the first episode is a little bit difficult because they couldn't listen to, you know, other episodes that I had released. So you were kind of mentioning how you work on a ton of different projects. So what's, um, if you have one, a favorite project that you've worked on? It's hard to choose a favorite, but I think... It's probably a surprising answer for most, but one of my favorite projects was on this like low budget short that I was doing with a bunch of creative people. The script was amazing. It was like a Black Mirror episode. It was like super just well written and the actors were so kind and everyone that was working on the project just wanted to be there and wanted to create something amazing. So it was a really rewarding experience. Um, I've definitely been on different sets, but some it's really the people that I think make the project like really special. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of is a perfect segue into my next question, which is what's your favorite part about your job? Oh man, that's hard to choose. So many things. I mean, I think one, just meeting really cool people, doing cool stuff. I mean, when you become a makeup artist, it takes a while for you to kind of specialize what, area of the field you want to work in. Like I have friends that just do bridal or I have friends that just solely do commercials or um, even do retail and are super happy and successful in all of those different fields. So, but the people that you meet along the way, like I've been fortunate enough to do makeup on like presidential candidate, on athletes, on like authors and actors and just people doing really cool stuff. And it's just such an amazing experience to just like have that opportunity. There's this kind of like vulnerability that happens in the makeup chair where, you know, they're completely barefaced and, and you're kind of collaborating with them to make them feel their best for whatever they're doing, whether it be promoting something that they're working on, you know, doing any kind of video or even just getting into a character to play. So it's really a cool experience just like working with people and um, helping them feel awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that does sound super rewarding. So what's your, like, what's one of the coolest people that you've done makeup on, if you're allowed to disclose? (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. It's, they've all been kind of cool. Um, It really depends. I got to do, last year I got to do Andrew Yang's makeup when he was, yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. I, I was super geeking out. I, like, played it, like, super cool, but (laughs) inside I was like, whoa, this is so crazy. So that was a lot of fun. Um, But, yeah, even just just sitting, talking to even a bride that's, like, getting ready to get married, like, it's even fun and cool to be a part of that experience. I don't really do bridal now unless it's, like, a special request, but but I did a lot when I was first starting, and it's just cool to be, you know, just, like, a small moment in someone's day. Yeah, absolutely. And that sounds so cool. I can't believe you got to do Andrew Yang's makeup. That's insane. <laughs> that was cool. That was really cool. <laughs> Did you get to meet any of the other candidates? Or? I didn't. He was doing a one-off podcast. Um, and it was crazy because literally how I got the job is I had done um, a short film for someone. And then he was roommates with the producer of the podcast show that was hiring. So it's like, it's literally all about connections. And the longer that you do it, the more, you know, like the wider your network becomes. Um, I've been doing it for nine years now. So it's just kind of like one gig at a time, just kind of chipping away. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that sounds like Mm. such a funny story, too. So (laughs) you were mentioning how like, makeup artists tend to specialize in like, you know, TV and film or commercial. So what's, or like even bridal. So what's something that's like unique to just TV and film makeup? You know, it's kind of, uh, some of it has to do with preference. Some of it has to do on like the style of makeup. Um, film and TV, it's extremely long hours. Your days are, your work days are at least 12 hours. Usually when you're a makeup artist, you get a pre-call because sometimes the makeup is more elaborate. Um, so you can have anywhere from like 14, 18 hour days. It's, it's kind of crazy. So you kind of have to love (laughs) what you're doing to be able to like maintain and put up with that, um, amount of time. It's also camera makeup for the camera is really different than, bridal makeup even retail makeup like it all kind of requires a different skill I'd say for tv and film especially with the cameras that we're using now it's like how little product can you put on that will make the most amount of difference on a person especially when it comes to like guys makeup is like how much can I push the limit but make it look like they're not wearing anything uh so it's a lot of fun and and it also I love I mean film is is really about making a character come to life as opposed to someone doing a red carpet makeup that is like creating a look for that specific actress or person so they're all kind of different yeah absolutely and I think that you kind of give like a good overview there that like film and tv is more like about creating a character look rather than just you know doing like some really cool glam makeup so yeah (laughs) yeah so what would be like one big challenge of your job one challenge as far as film makeup goes is is maintaining a makeup look. Uh, like I said, our days are really long. So maintaining the makeup and having it look the exact same way that it looked an hour one as it does hour 12, that's really key. So figuring out products and that's honestly where my aesthetics background comes in handy is like making sure the skin is really prepped so that the makeup can last a really long time and look good throughout the day. Um, That's probably like the 
biggest battle also like time constraints and and working with people to try to create a look can be difficult sometimes but it's all very rewarding <laughs> too at the same time yeah definitely and like as you were mentioning how like you know maintaining like a makeup look throughout the day is there like different kind of like rules for a makeup you do in like a hot weather or versus like a cold weather set or yeah in a sense I think I mean when we're filming we're in all the elements <laughs> so so sometimes you know this last movie that I just wrapped we filmed the entire thing outside and so we're dealing with wind we're dealing with heat you know we have actors sweating and so but at the same time really it's all about the skin prep I will generally use the same products just applied in different ways and kind of like Oreo cookie sandwiched with different skincare products to like help it last throughout the day but you're working in crazy elements. I mean, even on the flip side of that will be like, we are like bundled, <laughs> like crazy. And also trying to make it look like, you know, it's the summer. The actors are <laughs> outside wearing a Hawaiian shirt and like their noses are so red from the cold, but it's our job to try to make it look, you know, maybe they're sweating. <laughs> maybe we need to apply fake sweat or all of the different things. Yeah, that's so cool. And like, that's something that I just kind of learned about now, like that sometimes like a warm climate movie is filmed in like cold weather. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I remember my first day of makeup school, we, he turned, our teacher turned on a Western movie and then we watched a scene and he was like, okay, great. What makeup did they have on? And we were like, Mm, it's probably like a fake mustache and some dirt and they were like yeah but in addition to that fake sweat like you don't think that they had the actors you know <laughs> in that kind of environment necessarily you know it's all fake sweat and, and you know details and fingers and like making like are the fingernails kept or is there dirt underneath them like all of these little elements of a character are it's a whole collaborative effort behind them yeah absolutely so kind of on the process of like creating a character so how do you like kind of come up with a look for a character is that like your decision or there's some direction in the script <laughs> for sure so it's kind of a combination it's really interesting kind of even going back to where I was talking about how the different artists have different control within the different fields. So like if you're an editorial makeup artist and you're doing the cover of Vogue magazine, no one's telling you how to do your job. <laughs> you know, you're doing the exact kind of makeup that you want to do. But in film, it's so much more of a collaborative experience. So you'll get the script, you'll read through it, you'll pull different things that you think the character would embody. Um, sometimes it's based on, you know, if the film is taking place in a certain decade or if it's in a world that doesn't exist <laughs> or um, different kind of elements as you're reading through the script makeup can play a big part you know like maybe if the character is going through an evolution in the story if, if she's you know going through a breakup and then she is finding herself you would maybe have different elements play in that look so perhaps she would not wear as much makeup when she was sad but when she's finding herself maybe she would you know play with a brighter lipstick or like little elements like that that all kind of pull throughout a script and then I'll talk with the director and see kind of what visions they had for the character then we'll talk to the actor and see what kind of makeup preferences they have um, and then from there we'll look at wardrobe and hair and really nail down the look 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this sounds like one of the things where like when it's done really well, you won't even notice that the character has kind of changed. You just almost expect that <laughs> they look like that. Definitely. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that um you kind of work together with like the director and other people on set. So do you work together with like people who are doing hair and costumes or is this kind of like a separate thing? Totally. Yeah. I always like to bring in as many elements um, and people as as necessary to really create the full character look. Like if we're shooting, for example, let's say the character falls and, you know, comes up with a bloody arm, you need to collaborate with the costumers to see if the blood would get on any of the costumes to make sure that they have doubles. You also, if, you know, they're then wiping their forehead, is blood going to get in the hair? They're all different departments that are responsible for their own little bubble. So it is imperative to really bring them into the conversation when you're deciding those essential looks. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like super interesting too, because I feel like you, I've never really thought about like how actors might have like more than one version of a costume or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, especially because we don't film in order. So throughout the day, you know, let's say the film takes place across the span of a month. On one given day, we could shoot day one, day 15, day 30, and then back to day two, all in one day. So it's so important to work with the other departments to make sure that your continuity is the same and that make sure that any of the other elements are lining up. Yeah, definitely. So, um... Does the makeup work that you do for film, is it more like, you know, people looking like different mythical creatures and characters, or is it more just like, you know, you do makeup for, um, like, you know, a sitcom where people are just supposed to look like themselves? Yeah, I um, prefer to do more natural, realistic makeup. I have so much respect for people who do really cool character transformations. I think it's awesome, and, and I did it in school and learned how to do it, but it Honestly, there's so much work that goes behind the scenes as far as like building and sculpting and molding and creating those pieces that I like, I'm in it for the people. Like I love just talking with people and, and, and um, creating makeup looks with people that can talk back to me. I'm, I'm not, not that strong at, at sculpting and, and even the creativity that goes into creating a monster that doesn't even exist yet <laughs> is mind-blowing to me and I know so many people who are so skilled at that but I don't like necessarily dream about um cool alien makeups I like dream about like cool makeup products <laughs> <laughs> that I could use in different ways that are like cool colors and like <laughs> will help enhance someone's natural uh, beauty <laughs> Yeah, that's super cool, and I think that that's really good because there's kind of like a, it sounds like there's a niche for everyone in the makeup industry. There is. It is bizarre, and your niche will kind of find you. I always encourage people when they when they want to do makeup is like, try everything in the beginning. I mean, when I was first starting out, I was doing like music videos and weddings. I was working retail. I was doing all these different avenues of makeup artistry before I really decided that film was was my favorite part of it. Wow, yeah, that does sound super cool, and I think that's a good tip to kind of just, like, put your foot in a bunch of different little um, pools, so that way you can kind of, like, pick which one you like the best, so. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we're kind of in the midst of a pandemic right now, so what's been one of the biggest challenges or differences of doing the makeup on set during a pandemic versus normally? <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, everyone is trying to figure it out, how to work with all of the different constraints. Um, for us, it's been a lot of, um, of course, the PPE, wearing masks and face shields. There's been a, a, quite a bit of makeup kit turnover as far as keeping everything safe and sanitary. Now, as a makeup artist, we've always had a level of safety and and being sanitary. That's always been a crucial part to our jobs. Now it's just kind of about going the extra mile um, as far as wearing PPE and really wiping everything down. Um, but we were already, you know, using disposable mascara wands and, and individualizing people's products and spraying it down with alcohol before the pandemic. So um, really the biggest difference is how we're filming. Um, like I mentioned, the last movie that I did, we shot the entire thing outside. So to limit, uh, we limited the amount of crew on staff. Um, basically just kind of sh shrunk our crew <laughs> down to the essentials. And then it's kind of just about keeping the actors happy and, and trying to keep them as safe as possible, keeping them with their masks and shields on until the very last second when they're about to film. They do all of the rehearsals wearing the PPE and then we'll go in at the last minute and do like a final touch up uh, before they start to roll. But definitely a lot of reapplying lip color <laughs> and foundations as it wears off pretty quickly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it difficult? Because I saw one TikTok video where like somebody put like lipstick and like foundation on to go to work and then they wore a mask over it and then it was like all over their face by the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah, I have not been wearing any makeup <laughs> at all during these. I mean, especially when I'm when I'm working outside and I've got the the full face shield, which will sometimes give you kind of a reflection. Sometimes I'll have to like take a step back to really look at the makeup and analyze it. But I haven't been wearing a drop of makeup because it just will. It's a full slip and slide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and another thing has been like the mask knee and people getting like acne yes. under their masks. Yeah, that seems... Definitely. Yeah, so um, guys, do you have any like recommendations for what to do about that, or has that been a challenge? It definitely has been a challenge trying to maintain, especially, you know, continuity is such a really big part of our jobs, is making sure that it looks like the movie is happening in, in real time, <laughs> as opposed to being filmed over the span of a month. And so when pimples do pop up and things like that, it's you know, making sure you're on top of keeping them covered, especially with the mask coming on and off. But I found some some concealers that tend to do a good job. It's the Sean Richards 4K Longwear. That's been like the best thing for me as a makeup artist to try to maintain that. And I know there's so many different hacks that people are finding online, but I think it's it's all of the moisture and it's just doing crazy things to our skin. So I think really just maintaining a good skincare routine um, and treating those pimples with a little bit of love just as much as with fighting it um, and not over drying your skin is, is really important too. Yeah, definitely. And I think those are some great tips that even if you're not an actor on a movie set, you could probably <laughs> follow. Yeah, so kind of segueing into the educational sector, you make lots of like educational TikToks about makeup and foundation and everything. So have you found that your followers know more about makeup than you thought or less than make about makeup than you thought? <laughs> yeah, I think um, TikTok has been such a fun outlet for me. I So when I was working in retail, 
I had so many clients come in and, and want to learn the basics. I think somehow makeup became really, really complicated. <laughs> and I, I think it's really exciting that, you know, the YouTube community has really set a lot of trends for makeup brands to create crazy launches and just endless makeup products. I mean, the amount of makeup products that exist now, <laughs> it's absolutely wild, but it's also really overwhelming. And, and my whole point, I started a YouTube channel about four years ago and then um, jumped into TikTok land is my whole point was just simplifying makeup and just making it quick and easy and, and going back to the basics. I think sometimes we forget when when you've done something for a long time, what it's like starting in the very beginning. But I think because I, when I taught myself how to do makeup in the very beginning when I was 18, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> you know, I was like, and it's scary. I mean, you're putting like crazy colors on your face. So I just wanted to kind of simplify it and make it easy and, and approachable. Like makeup can be so fun and it doesn't have to be, you know, a 50 pan eyeshadow palette to make you look great. I mean, <laughs> if you want, you can throw on a little bit of eyeliner just to enhance your eyes, but it, makeup shouldn't be like this, you have to do these 50 steps in order to fit the standard of beauty. I mean, it's just, just so much more than that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that you bring up a really good point there because I feel like a lot of the makeup videos that we're seeing on YouTube, I mean, like I could never do anything that you know, James Charles or any of those kind of YouTubers do. And yeah, so I like that you're kind of bringing like a more like approachable and replicable look to the makeup industry because I feel like that's something that like we all kind of need to learn if you want to be professional or... <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's just like, it's just all about trying it. I mean, makeup, that's the beauty of makeup is you can wipe it off. <laughs> so you can try different, you know, just play with makeup and play with colors. And I always encourage people to take a lot of selfies where they feel great in it. <laughs> because then you'll be able to look back at it and be like, oh, if I do my eyeliner this way, it makes my eyes look bigger. Or, ooh, if I wear this lip color, it you know, brings out my eye color or just different, different little things. But I just encourage people to, to play because you can, you can always take it off. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's just fun to, you know, get outside of your box and just try something new. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really good point. And especially for makeup. So, um, have you found like, is it easier to do makeup on yourself or on somebody else? I do not like doing makeup on myself. <laughs> I like, I, if I have time, it can be fun. And like, but I, I don't usually, there are so many makeup artists out there that can sit and just like paint their faces for hours. And especially in like the influencer world and things like that. And I think that's awesome. I just would rather do it when I can like have a conversation with someone and like, <laughs> you know, create a makeup look. It's more rewarding for me to do makeup on someone else than it is to do on myself. Um, and also I think it's, you just get a different perspective when you're able to look at someone and choose what features you want to enhance. Like it's, it's always easier, at least for me, I think to analyze someone else's face than it is on, on yourself. Um, so I, I enjoy doing makeup on, on other people a lot more. I, I do have fun with my makeup, but I don't like do it for fun. <laughs> I'll do it to like show a technique. Someone commented, on my TikTok the other day and they were like <laughs> they were like love your tips great advice but I noticed that you don't wear makeup and I was like 
yeah, I don't, I don't really wear makeup. <laughs> I love putting it on other people, but it's just, I don't get excited by it. I have fun like trying new products and, and in a sense, but I just, I have way more fun doing it on other people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think that's so funny how somebody commented about the makeup. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like, you just don't wear any. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But I didn't grow up wearing it either. You know, like, my my mom was not really into makeup. My sister's not really into makeup. So I just, I never, I it was never around me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, like, you kind of bring up, like, a good point that I think that we've kind of had in some other episodes that, like, people didn't really even know that, like, their career existed or it hadn't been, like, a hobby of theirs, but they kind of discovered it later, which I think is, like, just so cool because I feel like there's such a rush to kind of, like, figure out what you want to do when you grow up or what are you, like, passionate about or even if you want to start an activity, you better have started when you were, like, three because... <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. I even remember when I went to my career counselor, my college counselor, and I was like, I want to take a gap year and like travel and work. And she was like, I don't have a pamphlet for that. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how to help you with that. And it was crazy. And, and I, I did, honestly, for the first four years while my friends were went to a traditional college and they were going through the college experience, it was definitely an adjustment for me and I had to kind of find my own. It, for, I remember for the first like three years of being a makeup artist, I told people that I was an esthetician because it wasn't a lie. I mean, I, I, I was a licensed, or I am a licensed esthetician, but it didn't seem like a career that would be like accepted by society and I was really self-conscious by it, especially because my friends were like joining sororities and like living the college life and and now I mean now that everyone's graduated I mean it's been years it's been like 10 years but <laughs> now I'm just I'm like happily say that I'm a makeup artist and it's cool but but in the beginning it was really hard I think especially I was in aesthetic school with women you know up to their 50s and I was just this like 18 year old <laughs> learning how to wax people and I was like I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> but I think it's it's you bring up such a good point it's like the most of my friends that even went to college, they're doing careers that they didn't know existed when they were 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. And I think that's kind of what I hope to do with this podcast, you know, as we progress with more episodes, you know, I think we're only up to, um, uh, this is 14 and then I've got a 15th, but yeah, so, yeah. I Yay, think that's-, that's so amazing. I wish that I had this when I was, I mean, my career counselor, I'm pretty sure if I would have said I wanted to be a makeup artist 10 years ago to her, she would have been like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So kind of like segueing out of, uh, well, yeah, segueing into something similar. <laughs> um, so what qualities do you think that a good makeup artist has? Yeah, I think a good makeup artist, it's really important to um, have good social skills. It's not end-all be-all, but it definitely is helpful. I mean, people want to work with people that they like. So it's important to have that kind of collaborative spirit because at the end of the day, you being stubborn about a lip liner that the actress doesn't feel comfortable in is not going to give you the next job. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's about making a sacrifice and learning how to collaborate to, you know, make everyone happy in a sense that will continue to give you work. I think also knowing how to read a room, especially you're working with um, actors that, (laughs) you know, actors are, (laughs) they are, uh, (laughs) 
going through a lot in their day. You know, sometimes they have to do really serious scenes and go to a really dark place. And so it's important that when you're doing touch-ups, because we will do the makeup in the morning or when they get to set, and then throughout the day we'll touch them up. You know, we're the last person that they're around before they get into the scene. So it's important that you're not like, laughing and joking and you know cranking up Backstreet Boys while they're trying to get into a serious scene I mean there's definitely a time for that for sure <laughs> but it's not always so I think being able to read the room no matter what talent uh you're around even on a on a wedding day you know like maintaining that like professionalism like being cool calm and collected having patience and and it's not about you as a makeup artist it's about what you're able to to do does that make sense <laughs> yeah definitely yeah and I think you bring up a good point mm -hmm. to like you know just kind of like be a calm like calming presence in the room because especially like if you're on set or even on a wedding day I feel like it is kind of a stressful event so just having somebody to like chat to and <laughs> like absolutely your artistry is important like product knowledge is important but that's something that comes with time being a cool person you just got to be it. <laughs> You've got to do it. It's it's like a temperament, but it's it's really important to to have um, and to know when to check your ego because at the end of the day, it's you're literally putting color on someone's face. I mean, we're not curing cancer or doing anything mind blowing, you know. It's so it's really you know putting yourself in check and <laughs> and doing the job that you need to do. Yeah, definitely. And this kind of like reminds me, um, I do debate and I kind of volunteer at like smaller, like middle school tournaments and stuff like that. And kind of like our motto within that is to like, you know, to get the kids like back on the bus to come to the next tournament because, you know, like you want to be just like so kind. And so that way, like they enjoy spending time and that they want to like come and get their makeup done again or come go debate again. Absolutely. Being a good person, being kind. I mean, it's so crucial to getting repeat work, especially with the long hours that we're doing on set. I mean, sometimes we're spending like a month with people and we're spending, you know, 12 hours a day <laughs> with some of these people. So it is really important to just be kind to everyone because like we were talking about in the beginning, it's like you, you never know what person is going to give you the next job. So I've had actors bring me on to do some of their individual projects as well as you know the PA who is the production assistant who's doing their own job you know a sound mixer there's so many different positions and and all of them have different connections and so if you're cool and and people like you and you're you're good at your job and you're good to be around then then you'll definitely get more work <laughs> yeah absolutely and so um I just like to shift and talk about like networking for a little bit because I think that's something that's kind of come up between our discussions so if you could just go a little bit more in depth on like how you network so you know you meet somebody on set and like you exchange numbers or are there like events that you can go to yeah, there's so many different ways to get jobs. In the beginning, um, I networked with a lot of photographers and film students at colleges and um, asked if I could help them out on their projects just for trade. So I would go in, help them with their project, and then in return, I would get footage for my reel, which then I could pitch to bigger projects um, or photographers. I'll, they'll grab a model and then I'll do the makeup and then we'll get different photos and so just kind of networking one one project at a time um, nowadays there's a lot of Facebook groups that you can meet people and network and 
There's so much more to, to being a makeup artist than just doing makeup, especially in the film business. I mean, knowing how to break down a script, knowing how to talk to each department, learning what each department does that makes your job or your work rather look better. <laughs> you know, understanding lighting, understanding um, how to really work through continuity or, you know, discuss and collaborate with the director. There's so many other skills besides the actual brush to a face <laughs> skill that that is really important to learn that you'll kind of learn with every job that you get. Um, I think a lot of people think that being a makeup artist in film is glamorous and, and it's it's cool. I mean, I get to go to cool places and, and meet cool people and do fun things, but I mean, I still have to like wipe snot out of someone's nostril <laughs> and like grab eye boogies and like dab sweat from their forehead <laughs> and, you know, pull random hairs, you know, that pop up on film. So there's definitely a, a part of the job that is, that is not as glamorous, um, but is very necessary to, to making your job, you know, better. And it's all of those little details and meeting those people that are going to build your network. You know, they're going to remember, you know, this girl did a really great job in my student film and now I'm financing my first short film and I'm going to bring her back because we have some budget. And so it's just kind of doing one gig at a time and having the patience like to go along with the ride. I, I did retail for like the first four years while I was freelancing and building up my network until eventually the freelance work was more than um, retail. So I was able to jump ship, but yeah. Yeah, I, and I think that, like, really kind of goes full circle to what we were talking about before. It was just, like, being kind to that way you can kind of, like, people will want to rehire you again. <laughs> yeah, being kind and being excited and grateful for the job that you're doing. I remember I was doing this one crazy job where <laughs> it was just a crazy day. I mean, we were running really behind. The director was a set like talent wasn't happy we it was just a whole mess of things and and I remember going to the the first AC who was pulling focus so they're by the monitor and and I was just like how's your day going and and he was like I was expecting his answer to be like it's so crazy you know catering was terrible <laughs> we're running behind we're gonna go into overtime and he was like totally fine I'm great and I was like you're great <laughs> and he was like yeah he was like I'm grateful to be here I would rather be doing this than sitting in an office job like sitting in an office doing the same kind of work every day and I that just totally put things in perspective and I was like wow you know it is we're very lucky to do the job that we do and so doing a good job showing up to work whether you're making a low day rate or a really high day rate and performing the exact same way is really important to to show people that you want to be there. No one wants to work with someone who doesn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's like a really good lesson to kind of like learn in something that you might learn on the job. It's important to like go in with that like mindset to kind of make the best of everything and just have a good time and do your best. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, I think I kind of have one final question for you. So what like advice would you have for somebody who's just starting out in the makeup business? Yeah, definitely. It kind of goes back to what we were doing, what we were talking about in the beginning is there's so many different ways to be successful in this industry. I have friends that rock the retail world. And when I was working retail, I absolutely loved it. And so 
you can be successful in so many different ways, even being an influencer. I mean, that didn't even exist like 10 years ago. It was just starting. And so there's so many different ways to, to be creative, even if, if you don't like people <laughs> and you want to work in a makeup effects lab, building out these crazy monsters, that is a whole se separate side of the, of the career that you can do. So I think what's really important is that if you want to be a makeup artist, you have to find the work. You have to be willing to put in the work. So you have to network with photographers and create your portfolio and show people what you want to do. Like make your own work if it doesn't, because no one's going to just come to you. You're not going to decide to be a makeup artist and the next, next day someone's going to be like, here's your first film. Like that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you have to put in the work and the time to really build out the network of people. So I would just say, if work isn't coming to you, create the work, find people, network with people and collaborate and do fun things. And, and with that work will come. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really good advice. And yeah, thank, I, with that, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion for today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had a great time talking to you and I feel like I learned so much in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> All right. A special thanks to Shannon for joining me today. You can check her out on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Makeup by Shannon Marie. And you can check out this podcast on our website, www.fascinatingjobs.xyz, or on Instagram at fascinating underscore jobs underscore pod. We're also on Twitter at fascinatingjobs. I'm always looking for fan questions, plus there's plenty of good discussion and updates about the show. Tag me with any questions or comments, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast to let us know you're enjoying it. And if you or someone you know has a fascinating job, email me at fascinatingjobspod at gmail.com for a chance to be a guest on the show or for other business inquiries. Thank you so much for listening and enjoying this podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode.